Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. Last week, um, we saw some, I think, very important points. We're talking about spiritual warfare, and um, we need these things every day. As I was talking about, every day we get up, we need to realize that we're in a spiritual battle. And uh, my, you know, my own um, maybe uh, forgetfulness or lack of diligence, um, I think, is, is common for many of us Christians uh, that we get up and we go about our days not realizing that the, the spiritual battle has already come to us, uh, even if we're not ready for it. And uh, again, we have to be sober, have to be vigilant. Uh, vigilant. Um, but not only uh, do we have to realize that, we have to realize that the enemy uh, that's coming against us is scheming. He's, he's coming up with everything he can come up with uh, to steal, kill, and destroy. And... Um, Ultimately, the battle is for men's souls. And that's something I think that we have to keep in mind is that um, it's larger than ourselves. We get up every morning and we go about our day and sometimes we're, we're only focused on ourselves. We're only focused on the problems that we face. And again, ultimately forgetting that the battle is for the, for, for the souls of mankind. Um, Satan's coming against us as the children of God to keep us being effective in God's kingdom and keep, to keep us from being effective in God's mission. Um, and I will say this, that we, we forget about that until something actually rocks our world, um, until the attack hits us personally and it's effective. And then we begin to realize how real the battle is, how real spiritual warfare is. And, um, you know, we, I think, could go around the room and we could talk and, and share testimonies about uh, when we felt like, we were under spiritual attack, heavy spiritual attack. Um, whether it was personal, um, whether it was something that you were just in your daily life struggling with, whether it was a, a temptation that was hitting you heavy every single day and you were like, why can't I shake this? Why can't I get out of this? This is something that's just wearing me out every day. Um, or if it was something that was attacking your family and you all felt oppressed, you felt like um, it was one thing after the other, constantly this attack coming against you, trying to wear you down and you could feel it. It was an attack like that, um, or, or what have you. A person, uh, the enemy using somebody, sometimes within the church, sometimes uh, it's at your job, sometimes it's in your family. Uh, but again, I think we could all go around the room and say, I felt like I was under spiritual attack when I was going through this, or when I was dealing with this in my life. Sometimes it's health. Sometimes we um, uh, go through health problems because we know that sin uh, is uh, the cause of death, and so we deal with sickness and death and and disease because of sin in this world. Uh, but when we get sick, it can open us up for a lot of other attacks, spiritually speaking. Um, because when you start to get sick physically, uh, then it starts to weigh on you mentally. It starts to weigh on you emotionally. And as you get worn down in just about every area, physically, mentally, emotionally, it then starts knocking on your spirit, your, your spirit man. You start feeling tired and weary, and I don't have the energy for these things. I don't have the energy to fight. And so, again, I think all of us can attest to uh, the, the realness of spiritual battle, whether we're prepared every day or not. But with all this being said, we have to keep in mind that it, we have to do our due diligence in following God's instructions to be prepared every single day. Love rule number 35 last week was this. Every day we must ensure that we're relying on God's strength 
and making, a, and making conscious efforts to do so. Um, it's, it's easy to say, I, I want to rely on God's strength. But whenever the trial comes, whenever the test comes, whenever the rubber meets the road, a lot of times, many of us are guilty of trying to handle the trials, handle the attacks in our own strength. Whether it's our own wisdom, or we say, you know what, I'm just going to push through this. And you say, well, what's the difference? The difference is turning to the Lord. Uh, again, we face something, and, and we say, uh, man, I just need to keep pushing on, keep pushing on. That may be true, but sometimes we try to keep pushing on without ever turning to the Lord, without ever hitting our knees and saying, God, I don't want to do this by myself. I don't want to do this in my own strength, my own wisdom. We never turn to him. We never start talking to him and ask him for his help. We also, uh, consequently, don't turn to his word. We don't stand on those promises. Um, we start fearing. We start worrying. We start doubting. We start, uh, again, trying to find solutions in our own wisdom versus saying, well, God's word says this. Regardless of how I feel, regardless of what the circumstances are telling me, God's word says this. And so I'm going to stand on God's word, and I'm going to let God's word be my strength. Uh, through this time. So every day we've got to make sure that we're relying on his strength and remembering every day that Satan is our enemy. And that's what number 36 was, is remembering that every single day Satan is the enemy, not flesh and blood. And that's what we looked at. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so we don't, you know, the person sitting next to you, the person sitting across from you, uh, the person at your job, the person in your family, the person that sleeps in your same bed, sometimes they can feel like the enemy, you know. <laughs> You know, they're, I feel like I'm under attack, you know. Um, they're not the enemy. The enemy may be using them, and they may be yielding to their flesh, and uh, he may be, it may be instrumental in that, uh, but we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And so this week, we're going to move forward, and we're going to start to dissect uh, the armor of God that we are to deliberately put on every single day. And uh, again, if we consider the verse that we looked at in, in, in number 11, it says, put on. And this has to be something that we understand. This is a personal responsibility of every single Christian. Again, it, it falls completely on us. So whenever we go through a spiritual attack and we haven't put these things on, and the enemy is successful in his attack against us, we can't blame the pastor. You can't blame the Sunday school teacher. You can't blame your spouse. You can't blame, blame anybody because when a spiritual attack is successful against us, it means that we weren't utilizing and putting on, taking that responsibility individually to put on the armor that God has provided for us to stand against the, the spiritual attacks of the enemy. And so again, we have to take that responsibility. And not only that, in the Greek tense, there's an urgency implied here. So it's not something that we say, well, when I sense a spiritual attack coming, that's when I put it on. No, he is saying daily, urgently you intentionally and deliberately put on the armor the things that god has given to you to withstand in the evil day to withstand the evil attacks of the enemy and again if we understand the nature of the attacks and the effectiveness of satan's uh, tactics uh, then i think that we would be wise to put on urgently the whole armor of god i was meeting with someone today and uh, uh you know we were talking about satan being the father of lies and uh, he said, yeah, I mean, he is the father of lies. He is who came up with it. So he is the master. I said, absolutely, that's correct. And I said, um, think about this. He is, he, he's so good at it that he could deceive an absolutely sinless person. Uh, he, could, he could take somebody who, was, who has never known what it is to give into their flesh, 
who has never known what it is to give in to that temptation and sin. They've, they don't even know the pleasure of that. So they don't even know how to weigh against that. They, Adam and Eve never knew that. And he, go, and he was thinking when I was talking about the angels. He said, yeah, I mean, if, if he's so powerful enough to deceive a portion of the angels, I mean, how powerful are, are Satan's lies and his tactics? And I said, well, I'm talking about humans. I'm talking about Adam and Eve. And he goes, wow, I've never thought about that. And, and, and I, I shared with him, I said, you know, for you and I, we, we can't put ourselves in that mindset because every single person in here has known what it is to sin. Every single person in here knows what it is to have been tempted and given in to sin. And so we can't put ourselves in the mindset of Adam and Eve who have never known what that is, don't know what the pleasure of sin is, don't know what it feels like uh, even to be convicted of sin. Uh, they didn't ever have that. They had never sinned. And so again, Satan's tactics are effective. In the real. And so we have to enter into what God says to put on with extreme soberness. And so I want to look at this again, dissect, dissect this, and grab a couple of um, love rules tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather once again this week. And Lord, there's no question on my mind in a room uh, full of Christians like this, Lord, that there are many people facing various uh, spiritual attacks. Uh, there, there's some that are under extreme attack, and maybe it's with their health, uh, maybe it's just a personal attack, but again, I know many people are under attack, but the reality is for all of us, every single one of us is in the spiritual battle. Every single one of us needs to take heed to these things and make sure that we're putting them on every day. And so I pray you would move tonight. I pray that the enemy uh, would be withstood tonight, God, that you would bind him and that there would be no effective uh, distractions. There would be nothing that the enemy has room for in this place. And uh, God, that you can speak and that we can receive and uh, you would be glorified through all of it, Father. And um, again, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We ask you to bless in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, remember, remembering that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. That's vital. We're not wrestling with each other. Um, and I think, again, that's a testimony that we could all come across and say at one point in time, um, I felt like my Christian brother or sister was my enemy. They, like they were coming against me. They had something against me. They were, they were, uh, they were uh, the enemy. They felt like the enemy in some regard. Um, but again, Scripture clearly says, in light of flesh and blood not being the enemy, verse 13 says, wherefore take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all to stand, moving on to verse 14 this week, Stand therefore, again, once again, this, this word, these words in the, in the Greek indicate an, uh, an urgency to do these things. Not only uh, that, it's conditional. It's dependent upon putting on the armor that he's about to say. So he's saying, you can't, you can't stand against the evil attacks. You can't withstand in the evil day. Because it says, stand therefore, and look further, having your loins girded about with truth. And so... That is the first thing you've got to do if you have any hope against the evil day, standing firm against the evil attacks of the enemy. It's, it's only the armor of God that gives us hope to stand. So if we, we look at this, what is the loins girt about with truth? I mean, we don't really use the word loins a lot today unless we're talking about something that we're e eating, right? Tenderloin, uh, but we're not, <laughs> my loins are girt about, you know, we don't, we don't say that in our, in our modern English uh, terminology, and so, but I may start using that word. I, I may start talking like that. Um, now my loins are good about. Um, but anyways, 
we are to put on this first piece of armor that's absolutely vital. Um, and what it is, is a belt. The Roman soldier in his armor had a belt. And the belt was vital because it was what essentially held all the other pieces of armor together. And so he says, let, let your loins be girt about uh, with truth. Without the truth of God's word, without it being what anchors our being, what he's saying is we have no hope to have any other necessary part of the armor stay affixed and stay effective in this evil attack that we, that, that's waged against us from the enemy. Truth is the foundation. Truth is the foundation. We have to understand this because that's exactly what's been under attack from the time that Jesus was walking this earth is truth. We're going to see some more of that on Sunday, but again, truth is the foundation. With many of Satan's strategies, as I said a while ago, they include lies and deceptions, things that are whispered to us, things that are, we experience that the enemy tries to get us to believe and to buy into, things that we see on TV, things that we watch in the movies, all kinds of stuff becomes the elements that Satan use in, uses in his deception. And so this first piece of armor is a must. We must put it on every day without exception. And I'll say this, without flippancy. And you, you hear it often from me. I don't urge you to be in God's word daily for you to check some religious box. I'm not going to urge you to, to say, hey, you need to know what God, you need to be in God's word daily. You need to know the word of God. We don't have discipleship. Uh, to get people in God's word and to help them to learn God's word so that there's some type of religious gratification that comes from it. That's not why we do that. That's not why I do that. My desire as a pastor is to urge every single one of us to stay constant in the word of God, stay constant, gr constantly grounded in the truth. Why? For you. And for me personally. I do that for me. For what though? For your growth. For my growth. Not only that, but for our protection, to make sure that we stay protected. Not only that, for encouragement in this life. Again, the battle we face every day can become very discouraging. And, 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 I, and I look around the room and I see different, different ones. Matter of fact, we're talking tonight. Uh, I was talking with someone tonight and, and, and they were saying, I feel like I'm, I'm facing uh, something that, I, that I've never faced before. And, and it had to do with something physical. And again, the enemy will use anything, and he'll come at us and try to convince us of anything. I've experienced it and seen it too many times, and probably so have you, uh, the catastrophe that occurs in the believer's life who doesn't daily dig into God's Word. Again, I've, I've experienced that before. I, even in ministry, uh, there's been times that you get so busy uh, that you're, not, uh, you're, you're doing your, your, your religious duty, if you will, of reading the scripture, but not digging in and personally walking with the Lord. And when you get in that state, even if the Bible is open every day, but you're not actually um, being enriched with the word of God, catastrophe can come. That truth is the foundation. It's the anchor. It's vital. And so you got to know, if you're neglecting the word of God, this vital component in your daily life, you become a soft target for the enemy. That's the truth. You say, how, 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 how am I going to put a big target on my back? How am I going to uh, make myself a soft target? Just neglect the word of God on a daily basis. In your home, your personal life, your marriage, your kids, 
all of it becomes a soft target for the Lord. And again, a target that can be used to target others as well. So if you think about this, listen, I become a soft target. And if I'm not grounded in God's word and because of that, I become the soft target. Then I become an instrument, a usable instrument, maybe in another believer's life. And that becomes kind of nauseating. And I think that I could probably say that that's happened in my life before. Because I never, I never want to, uh, me inside, I don't think anybody in here that's a Christian would ever want to say, I'm okay being used of the enemy to, to hurt or offend or discourage or, or, or do anything negative in another brother or sister's life. I don't think anybody, any, any of us are okay with that. Matter of fact, to me, to think of that thought, that I would be used by Satan at all to discourage or to hurt or disappoint or anything, another brother or sister, it's a na- literally a nauseating feeling to me. I can't stand that thought. And so again, if that's you, if that's how you feel, tell me, I don't ever want to be used to hurt another brother or sister. I don't ever want to be used to, uh, you know, in, in Satan's schemes to injure the body of Christ. I never want to do that. Then the first thing we've got to make sure that we're, we're not being is a soft target. And again, by doing so, uh, by not doing uh, what God has commanded us to do as far as putting on, uh, girding ourselves with the, with the belt of truth. The uh, phrase, birds of a feather flock together, I think is applicable in this situation. And you so say, what are you talking about? So that the enemy can shoot a dart at someone who isn't rooted and grounded in the truth every day, who isn't daily in the word. And they get disgruntled about something. They get disgruntled or sideways with someone, the pastor, this ministry that they're in, the leader of that ministry. It's amazing. It's amazing when that happens. Somehow, they find or they influence someone else who isn't rooted and grounded in the truth. And the dominoes begin to fall. Again, I've seen this, and it's, it's tragic. Someone gets upset with somebody else, Satan's hurled that dart, and, and, and again, they're not rooted and grounded in the truth, and so they say, you know what, yeah, maybe the pastor does this, or maybe, or maybe that ministry leader does this, or you know what, maybe, that's right, this church doesn't. And they, and they start feeling like that, and the next thing you know, somehow, they find somebody else that feels that same exact way, or they begin talking, and it begins to influence somebody else, and they begin to think, yeah, that's right, he's never done that for he, yeah, that's right, they've never, that ministry, or, you know, that church, our church has never, and it begins to influence them because they too are not rooted and grounded in the truth. So the call, the command, is to urgently put on the belt of truth. Because when those darts begin to fly and you begin to start saying, does the pastor, does the leader, does the ministry, does the church, and, and those, 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 those questions, those, those, those doubts, the fears, the worries, the lies are flying. And, and you start to say, well, where do you go? How do you stay grounded? How do you, stay, how do you withstand that stuff? This. This. You say, wait a second. In this situation, when I'm feeling this way, when I'm dealing with this, what am I supposed to do? Well, how am I supposed to handle this? If, if I'm upset with the pastor, if I'm upset with this ministry leader, if I'm upset at, at, at the church because they didn't do this, because I haven't done that, what, what is, how am I supposed to handle that? 
And when you are grounded and rooted in the truth, when you have girt yourself about the, with the truth, you know how to handle it. You say, if, if, if they've offended me, I, I need to go to them in a spirit of reconciliation. And you tell them what, what they have done to offend me. I don't need to go to somebody else who's not rooted and grounded in the truth and try to get them on my side and try to get them upset again, uh, 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 at the pastor or the ministry leader or the church, too. That's not what the Bible, that's, no. Being rooted and grounded in the truth, what does the Bible tell me to do when I'm facing this attack? What am, I, what am I supposed to do? So love rule number 37 is this. The daily, deliberately immerse yourself in the truth before you enter the battle. But here's this, I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you, there, there are times the alarm goes off late, right? You're in a rush, you don't have the time, you, you're jumping in the shower, you're getting dressed, you got to iron, you got to do everything. There's times that's happening, you know, the alarm gets, or let's, let's stop blaming the alarm. I hit, I hit snooze, and, <laughs> and I don't get up, and that morning I need to shave, I need to, uh, you know, take a shower, I've got to iron, I've got all these other things, and, and it's just... If, I, if I'm going to get there on time, I've got to get all this stuff done. And so you go, you enter into the battle that day, and you haven't put, girt yourself about with, with, with the belt of truth. And um, so again, daily, deliberately, we've got to make sure that we're immersing ourselves in the truth before we enter the battle. But it goes on in that verse, and it says this, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth is to anchor every other piece of armor, but he says... First of which, additionally to the belt, is the breastplate of righteousness. Why a breastplate? Why, why is that the, the next thing after the, 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 the belt of truth? Why would you need to have something guarding your breast? Why would you need to have something guarding your chest? What does it protect? What does that protect? Your heart. Your heart. But why is righteousness the element of the breastplate? Why, why does righteousness need to cover your heart? Why does it need to guard your heart? Because without righteousness and without righteous living in our life every day, guiding us, driving our desires, driving our decisions, we have no hope to guard against any temptation that come with Satan's schemes. Again, if you're making decisions on a daily basis that please God because you're girt about with the belt of truth, you're following God's direction, you're turning to his truth, and that is guiding your decisions, that's guiding your desires, that's what's directing your heart, that's what's protecting your heart, then when Satan comes against you and the temptation to get disgruntled, to get upset, to talk about that brother or sister, to, to give in to that sin, to, to omit what you're supposed to be doing, again, righteousness is there to protect it. Truth anchors, it provides the substance for that righteousness. But again, we have to remember what we're dealing with with our heart. Righteousness is supposed to protect it. Righteousness is supposed to guard it. Why? Why is our heart so susceptible? Because Jeremiah 17 says it very clearly. Look what it says. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, I know it's sometimes said in innocency. Um, it, it's not said... Uh, with the intent or, or with the knowledge of uh, the full knowledge of you know a verse like this but I've heard Christians say I'm just going to follow my heart on this and that makes that makes me nervous when when someone says that because oftentimes what they're talking about is following their emotions 
following what feels good to them. And I'm going to tell you this, if, if I did that in every decision I had to make, not only as a, as a man, a husband, a father, but as a pastor, oh my goodness, we would be in a mess. <laughs> we would be in a, our, we, as a church, we'd be in a huge mess because there are things that I know in my heart when I, when I say, man, I'm just going to do this. You know, I'm just going to handle this situation like this. And God, God's word is truth, and the Holy Spirit comes along and says, do it, and mess it up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. I'm sorry, Lord. But we have to understand that our heart is deceitful in, in our flesh, in and of itself, without the help of the Holy Spirit, again, without the direction of God's word, our heart is desperately wicked. So we must urgently, every day, Put on the breastplate of righteousness to guard against the wickedness that's without and the temptations that come that the enemy throws our way. So living righteously, living obediently to the truth, daily deciding to take the path of God's direction is what guards our heart. Let me say that again. Daily deciding to take the path of God's direction as prescribed in truth, to live righteously, to put on the, right, the breastplate of righteousness is what guards our heart. So number 30 eight tonight is daily deliberately ensure that you're guarding your heart by walking in righteousness by being obedient to the truth again these are the reason i awarded exactly the same way because again this is something we have to consciously do it's a personal responsibility daily and deliberately do this so i want to encourage you encourage all of us tomorrow morning when we wake up Make sure that we immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word. Make sure that we put on, that we gird ourselves, ready for battle, gird ourselves with the truth. Prepare ourselves from which everything else in this spiritual battle is going to hang on. Make sure you start the day in, in the truth. Aside from that, determine as a child of God, based on the truth that I have immersed myself in, I'm going to do what's right in God's sight. I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to guard my heart by doing what's right. Even when I'm tempted to do wrong, even when I don't feel like doing what's right, even when my flesh pulls me to, I'm going to guard my heart by doing what's right. Let's look on and we'll move on to the last thing. Verse 15, it says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What are feet for? What are feet for? Walking, and what else? Stability, what else? Walking, stability, which kind of has to do with stand, standing, right? And what was, the, what was the, uh, the command? Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore. Um, and so, again, if we're going to withstand the attacks in the evil day, we've got to have our, our, the, the, the belt of truth on. We've got to have the breastplate of righteousness and our feet has to be shod, has to be covered with the readiness of the gospel of peace. The preparedness of the gospel of peace. Again, the battle that we are in is spiritual. And it's for, as I said earlier, the souls of men. You and I are the soldiers of God. Paul told Timothy, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, endure hardness. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
and be not entangled again uh, uh, with the yoke of bondage. Don't be ensnared. Don't be entangled with the, the affairs of this life. Don't, don't get wrapped up in, in the things of this world because you are a soldier in the kingdom of God, in the king of kings. I heard a, a podcast a, a couple months back, and uh, the pastor was saying this. He said, you know what? We as, as, as Christians have to realize we're on offense. We've been given a mission. We've been told to do something in this world. We haven't been told just to sit back, exist, try to, try to make it through without any severe damage in our life and just kind of float along in life, try to you know, absorb as many hits from the enemy as we can and just kind of make it. No, 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 no. We have been empowered from on high. We've been given the power from Almighty God in the Holy Spirit to accomplish a mission. We are on offense. It's not time for the church, especially in these end times, to sit back in this battle and say, well, I hope nothing bad happens to me. I, ho I hope nothing severe comes against me and my family. No. Today, in the, end, in the end times, 2017, the church, now more than ever, we should be running. We should be charging full speed ahead, equipped in this, but on offense, taking, taking ground, giving the gospel, seeing people. So, I mean, if, if what happens Sunday... And I, and I don't know if all 12 people that raised their hands and came forward and look at Brother Tim, you know, surrender their life and, and, and truly were, you know, born again that day. I don't, I don't know that, but God does. But the fact that, that 12 people looked and raised their hand and, and, and professed to make a decision in Christ, if as a Christian that doesn't get you excited, that doesn't make you rejoice, something's wrong. Either, either number one, you're, you're okay sitting on the bench and not seeing your team score, you know, I, you know, this is something, too. You know, whenever I was um, in, in sports, this, this is what would drive me crazy. It drives me crazy now, too. You see, like, uh, even in Little League, um, I, I, I'm volunteering to help Avery's um, volleyball team with the Y. And, um, and so I, I came in there, and the first practice we had, I said, listen, you, let, let's get to know each other. You know, we're on the same team. We, we've got we've to be rooting for each other, and we need to talk it up. You need to, if somebody does something good, hey, good job, good job. You know, give them a high five. Like, we're in this together. When someone's, you know, uh, when the team works together and we get a point, it needs to, you need to be engaged. You need to have passion in what you're doing. We are in the most important race. We are in the most important battle that exists on this earth, and it is for the souls of mankind. And when people are born again, that... There should, there should be no greater rejoicing. There should be no greater excitement that we have. And I'll have to say this. You know, the sad thing is our flesh is easily aroused and easily excited, right? Because, man, you can get engaged in a football game real easy. Us guys can. Well, maybe not all the ladies. Some of the ladies. You can get engaged about shopping. I, I don't know. <laughs> excited. Roused up. I don't know. Or about home decor or something. Um lotion makeup something anyways that you know our flesh can be excited about certain things but again as christians as, as soldiers if we are engaged in the battle and every day realizing i'm in this battle i'm 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 a part of this team i am i'm on the winning side and every day we're looking for more and more victors. We're looking for more and more people added to the kingdom of God. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be excited. When, you know, when, when someone else leads, uh, there, there was not any thought uh, of this because, you know, we preach the gospel here. 
But Brother Tim Lee is an evangelist. He came here, and in one service, 12 people make a decision. There was no part of me that was envious or jelly. Jelly. (laughs) Jelly. (laughs) There was no jelly in here. I was was excited. I, I was broken. I was like, praise God. I was so excited. Why? Because it's the same team. I mean, we're on the same team. It's the same uh, it's the same God. It's the same gospel. If it's me or somebody else, it doesn't matter. If somebody else in here leads someone else, Lord, I'm going to be pumped up. And so, again, we have to realize we are on offense. We, we have to be doing. Our feet have to be prepared with the gospel of peace. And if you read that and see that, the, the, the terminology and the structure, it's the gospel of peace that gives us the readiness. Again, you, you've heard me say this before. Sometimes the greatest witnessing tool is you sharing your testimony, how you got saved, with someone else. You've got to know that because wrapped up in that has got to be the gospel. Because if you didn't realize you were a sinner and that Jesus was God in the flesh come to this earth to live a sinless life and die on the cross to pay for your sins and shedding his blood, which was sufficient, he died, he died, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. And in doing that, he not only conquered sin on the cross, but he conquered death and hell in his resurrection. You trust and have confidence in him and him alone that he's the only way to heaven. And that confidence is, such, is, 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 is of the nature that your whole life is surrendered to that. He is now not only your Savior who died on the cross for you and rose from the dead, but he's also your Lord, your Master. He's over you, and you're good with that. You're surrendered to that. You can tell someone all those things in your testimony. It's the gospel. And so we have to be prepared. We have a readiness about us in this life. But I'm afraid too many people, even church-going people, don't realize that that's what this life is all about. And please listen, because I'm about to close. And even more, I think too many people could care less about being prepared with the gospel, to share the gospel. And I believe this reveals a spiritual cancer within churchgoers. You say, what do do you mean? Uh, I, I didn't say among Christians. I said among churchgoers. See, I, I believe there's something very true to what Charles Spurgeon said, and you've heard this quote, you, me use this quote before. But he says this, Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. And again, you say, well, how, how can someone make such a dogmatic statement like that? Because if you believe that Jesus is the only way, and you believe that heaven is real and hell is real, And you believe the only way that the gospel is going to get to the lost is, according to his word, through his church, being obedient to the mission. Not only that, if you're truly saved and have the Holy Spirit inside you, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And it it compels us. It constrains us, Paul said. We can't do anything else but share that with other people. Again, if we have the love of God in us, then we have a love for people. That's what Jesus, he very clearly said. 
So if we're saved, there's going to be something in us that says, I want other people to be saved. Now, we may, we may struggle with confidence. We may struggle with, um, you, know, um, you know, our flesh. We may even get, get sidetracked and get distracted where other things are more important in our life, which I think, again, is a detriment to the church today as well. But every day we've got to see ourselves as God's children in this battle. And we've got to accept this. Because I promise you this, if tomorrow was the day or if tonight was the day that we stepped into eternity and we could no longer serve the King of Kings in reaching the souls of men, and every bit of our life up to that point that we had spent on this earth was wasted for his eternal kingdom, that's going to matter. That's going to matter. And, and some people say, well, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I, I believe it's going to matter. So we've got to accept this. Not only do we have to accept this, we've got to be prepared in this. We've got to be equipped against the attacks of the enemy as we are on offense. And as we're taking ground for the king. And so love rule number 39 tonight, as we close, is daily, deliberately ensured you are prepared by and prepared for the gospel of peace. Every day. You say, you know what, I, I don't... That's, that's my thing. I know my testimony, and I, I believe I know what the gospel is. I, without a question, Jesus was God. He came to this earth, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross, shedding his blood to pay for my sins and the sins of the whole world. He was buried three days later. He rose again, showing that he's God, victorious over death and the grave. I believe that's the good news. I know that. I was saved by that. But I have a struggle sharing that with other people. I, I, I just, I, I, I accept what you're saying, Brother Kyle, realize what the Bible's telling us, that we are in a battle, that every day is a battle, that we're on God's side, that we're supposed to be on offense, we're supposed to be doing his work, accomplishing his mission. I get all that, the scripture is clear, I get that, but I still, it's still difficult. It's still hard to get to that place where I am, I'm amped up every day to share the gospel, prepared, readiness, my feet ready to stand against the, the attack, but also to take ground for the Lord in, in, with the gospel of peace. I, I'm, I struggle with that. And I want to encourage you with this. You say, oh, you, it was all leading to this. No, it wasn't. I promise you. It's not anywhere in my nose. The Lord just put it on my heart. I promise. We have out, or evangelism training coming up next month. And I think it's amazing that, I mean, the Lord just you know, put this on my heart because literally if you are saying... I don't have confidence. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, I struggle with, I know the gospel, but I struggle with, with sharing it. Then come to evangelism training. We've got, same thing, we still have dinner, we still have child care, but it's a time for you to say, okay, here's clearly what, I, I, the, the tools that I can use in sharing the gospel with other people. To be a part of the mission. If yes, I'm in the mission, I signed up for it when I said, yes, Jesus, I want to be on your side, I want to be in your kingdom, I want to be a part of your plan. We signed up for it. We signed up to be a part of the Great Commission. He said, but I, I'm just not very confident. Very not, I, I'm not very, um, I don't know what words to say. I don't know what approach to take. Then come to the evangelism training and, and, and see. We're just going to give you some tools, give you some resources. Some of you have come before. Some people come every, every year. I encourage our leaders to come because we, we, we share things and, and, and people give testimonies and 
uh, we, you know, across the tabletop stuff um, and, you know, practice, if you will. Um, and so, again, it's just a great opportunity for us to encourage each other and to sharpen each other in the mission that God has given to us as a church. And so, we, again, we have to remember the battle is real. The enemy is real. But the armor for the battle against the enemy is effective. And so whatever Satan throws our way, we don't have to fear. As long as we're putting on the armor of God, we're going to be able to stand in the evil day. As long as we have the armor of God on, we're going to be able to withstand the evil attacks and the schemes that the enemy throws our way. Not only that, we're going to be prepared in the battle to take ground. To take ground. And again, that's what God's called us to do. So daily and deliberately put these things on. We're going to stop there and, and, and next week. Uh, or the next time we, we uh, go through this, we'll, we'll cover some more. But uh, I want to encourage you tonight. We're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to open up the altar. I want to I encourage you. Uh, maybe you're, you're here and you say, you know what? The very first one, I'm not doing. I'm not immersing myself in God's word. I'm not, maybe you're a man here tonight, a husband, a father, and you're saying, as the spiritual leader in my home, I'm probably the softest target. My wife spends more time in, in God's word than I do. That needs to change. You're the spiritual leader. And if you're the wife and you say, you know what? My husband spends a lot of time in God's word, and he's the spiritual leader, and so I'm just leaning on him. No, 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 no. The Bible says that you as the woman are, are the weaker vessel, not in a belittling way. You need to make sure that you're putting on that belt of truth every day too. Because many of us can attest to this fact right here. If God's not going to get the man, if the man is rooted and grounded in the truth and he's putting that belt on every day, but the woman isn't, he's going to try to get to the man through the woman. And so every single one of us has to make sure that we are doing these things every day. And so if you say, I'm, I'm not doing that, I'm not being enriched in God's word every day before I start the day, before I go about my day, I'm not putting God's word in my, I'm, I'm just ready, 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 ready to go to work, 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 work. And you're becoming a soft target for the enemy. And I want to encourage you, maybe tonight, say, God, help me realize how real the battle is. And maybe what we're facing in our family right now, or what, we're facing, what I'm facing in my life right now, is the consequence of me not being girt about with the belt of truth. Maybe that's it. Or maybe it's a breastplate of righteousness that you're not putting on every day. Maybe you're in God's word, but you're not obeying God's word. You're not living the path that God has prescribed in, in, in righteous living. Then you're, you're susceptible for your heart to lead you astray, for temptation to grab hold of you and you to fall into sin and destruction to come. And so whatever it is, I want to encourage you. If you say, you know what? I need to be more deliberate in doing these things. I, I realize I'm in a spiritual battle, but I need to be more deliberate in putting these things on every day before I start my day. Every day, I need to make this urgent and deliberate decision to be equipped in the battle. And whatever it is, I, I encourage you to respond. Let's pray. And I ask you to stand and, and we'll open up the altar. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this, God, again, to the challenge that you've given to me in this once again. Uh, as many times it's been read and memorized and preached and taught, um, and, and many times that I've heard it, and uh, God, it, it still is so challenging and still so convicting. Lord, help, help us be diligent uh, in putting on the armor that you've provided for us, everything we need to, to, to stand against the attacks of the enemy. Lord, help us. Be diligent to put it on. And I pray you just move tonight. Move in, in men's and husbands, uh, wives, young people's hearts. Lord, move in our lives tonight and help us uh, to respond correctly. And we'll praise you for all you do. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.